Wyverns and Weirdos, a tabletop podcast set in the world of Fiello, where we last left off. One day while you were working on parts and on blueprinting and research, Eldrin would come up to you and say, I think I found what we need. It's not going to be easy, but if you get the old band back together, then it should be doable. I'm listening. Fishman, how have your three months been? Quite uneventful. Fishman has been working with Neris quite a fair bit, helping with the project. He did go about looking for other sources of information for his own personal benefit, finding out, you know, the usual stuff, who he is, where he's from, all that kind of stuff, but no leads came up. Olsen would have hung around just for a little bit after the chaos of everything that's happened. All the revelations, the dissolving of the heads of the Hydra, but would have just checked in with the others, seen what their plans were. But ultimately seeing a lot of the crew going their own way and without and having his own reservations and fears about everything, he would have himself gone to seek work. So Janus makes good on a lot of the things that he said he would do. He spends time with his family. He spends time relocating his family who were now in danger. But most of all, he just spends time with them. Loren, three months ago, made a decision a life-altering decision that she has regretted many days since, and yet knows it was the correct one to make. So Neris has been speaking with Eldrin about the nature of this quest. We very quickly ruled out the regular mercenary company that we have been using, as we think this is probably a little bit higher tier than what they would be useful for. There is very quickly a list of names that spring to mind, and very soon after they hit paper. You have all been brought into a terrible timeline, and I wish to bring you out. I am not captain of this particular vessel, so I cannot make the rules. Then who is? Essentially, Neris has rented a, a small boat that can take us to where we need to go and will take us back. There is, I believe, a single creature that guards this cave. I do not know much of this creature. However, I do know the crystals have not yet been retrieved. So late that night, as the revelry dies down and Neris returns to his chambers where he's been sleeping, and Neris takes out a fresh notebook, writes on the cover for when you're free, and then opens up the first page and will write in it, Janus has a sixth child, a son called Tiber. He will close the book, put it up on his bookshelf, and then he will pull out his wand, point it at his temple, and cast Modify Memory to remove that thought from his head. And then he will go to sleep not knowing what he's done. A number of the Polaris crew were reunited by Neris with the promise of future job prospects as a result of a vessel that he has been working on with Fishman and Alton, Janice, Loren, and Fishman all seemed at least somewhat receptive over a discussion to venturing with Neris to retrieve what would seem to be the final piece of the puzzle, something that rests within a cave along the coastline of Ankather. So, in the morning, Loren, I believe you were going to try to chase down Neris before the rendezvous time. Yes, so about an hour before we're meant to meet up, is Neris walking along the docks? Neris would be along the docks, yes. He would have gotten up early, um, had a little bit of a final check, making sure that the transport that we'd organised is ready to go, and he would be taking a stroll along the docks as we speak. Okay. Periodically, you know, if you gaze out over the water, it's the early morning, there's fishing boats, there's lots of people coming and going. Occasional shadows in the water, and then it seems like one shadow is following him along the docks. And then as Neris maybe keeps walking, gets a little concerned, maybe veers off to, to a part of the docks with less people around, less potential collateral to what may be about to happen, 
In that moment right before he maybe searches the future to see what happens, a giant spout of water appears right next to him, like a whirlpool in the air, flinging little bits of seaweed like around the dock. A fish flies out and slaps Neris directly in the face as a few other fish kind of fall around. And then gliding gracefully down with the power of the storm, Loren alights in front of him. Morning. Neris shakes himself off. You look a little damp. Well, I wasn't until recently. Here, let me help. And she is going to shape water like a big globule out of his shirt. And she just pulls it out, this like little orb that kind of spins in her hand. Is that a red mark on your face? Did you get hit with something? No, I slept funny. But we'll be careful next time. Mm, I don't like that. And you invited me along anyway. Fascinating. You have skills that will be useful. What are they? You have a way of communicating with the storms that I currently have not had the time to explore. You couldn't learn it if you tried. That's not a diss or anything. You're not the sort the storm talks back to. Well, the in... Um, why... <clears throat> are you out for a swim? I enjoy a morning swim. And if I'm being honest, I wanted to talk to you. What do you wish to discuss? Well, you answered one of me questions, which is why I'm here. Personally, I was really hoping it's because I'm the best navigator on the ocean, but... Well, I mean, I haven't really used your talents before. <clears throat> you do have some very stiff competitions, though. I know Fishman is a good navigator. In fact, I won't be, you know, mean to him. He's a great navigator. One new thing about her outfit, she used to have a compass hanging from her hip. She now wears it like a wristband uh, on her right hand. And she holds up the compass face and without looking at it, covers it. What are our exact coordinates right now? Do you think it's important to know coordinates when you're on a dock? Sometimes it's important to know that we're at 14 degrees 6 north, 75 degrees 17 east, that true north is that way, and that if you look there, there, and there at about 6 o'clock, those stars will be out and we'll be able to guide ourselves by it as long as there's not a strong wind. And if there is a strong wind, we can guide ourselves by that one. You have a great talent, but Fisherman already does all of that. And if there is a strong wind, he can point it in whatever direction he chooses. If there is no stars to guide north, I can find it. I appreciate the skills that you have, but magic is a wonderful tool. And it can fail you. And Fishman has been busy, hasn't he? I feel like there are other things on his mind. You said something there that has piqued Neris's interest. How do you mean? Like you said, he's been working with a great many people. Do the words just come to you or do you choose them specifically? What answer is going to make you more nervous? If you'll think about what you say before you say it, I would like to inside check Loren. Go for it, baby. That's a 14. Oh, 13. She doesn't like Fishman. Neris will break out into a little bit of a grin. What are you smirking at? I'll just, the yeah, answer is humorous to me. Your face is humorous to me. That was offensive and unnecessary. So am I! Anyway, is there any other thing that I can help you with, or did you just want to throw a fish at, uh, throw water at me? <laughs> well, you asked yesterday why I wanted you to hire me. It is not purely because I'm a good navigator. Although the fact that everyone seems to be ignoring that is really starting to grind me gears. Janice is helping me control her. Where he goes, this point, I go. But I have been thinking many, many years ago. And she kind of starts walking Neris down the pier a bit more again, where it's further away from people and further away from any prying ears. Many years ago, a young person, oh, I go by she, they now, by the way, just so you know, I didn't want it to get awkward on the boat. A young person was born to a Triton father with a human face. And in the community of Triton, that was not particularly smiled upon. And the little person did not have very many friends with the exclusion of her cousin, who was a few years older. Said cousin was a lot like you. Very, very smart. Too smart for his own good. And in love with all those books that taught him magic. And he, as all the family did, because you cannot hide from family, knew that it was not a human face on this person, but one of a siren. 
yay. So he knew that this was something she wanted to get rid of. So he used his little books and all his little thoughts and he thought of a way to get rid of it. So they went out, him 14, her 12, and they tried to draw the creature out and place it in a little orb so that it could be used by anyone or thrown deep into the bottom of the Marianas Trench. And they did not count on the siren fighting back. And the little person made it out with a very fucked up eye. And her cousin, Ayamir, did not fare so well. His magic was taken by it. There is no difference between the person and the siren that tried to hurt him and the one that took his magic. So, said little person, spent many, many years being the reason Ayamir left the family, convinced that the only way to get rid of this thing was to repress it, and then has spent many years thinking the only way to get rid of it is to control it. But there is no control, and there is and someone who's maybe even smarter than Ayamir was. Janice is helping me, but he cannot help forever. Do you think it's possible to complete what Ayamir started? There is much in this world that is impossible until it is done. When the possible is made possible, that is how we grow. Three months ago, you told us that flying between the piece of paper was impossible. And now you're building a ship that can do it. So I know what you're saying. I know you're being evasive because you've got a lot on your plate. This is why I need to be on the Polaris 2.0. I don't need you specifically to be the one helping me. I just need to know that there's someone who thinks it's possible. Because I'm dying out here. Many years ago, there was a man who trained me, taught me the very essence of what magic is. If I would fail, I would not be able to grasp anything. He would reassure me. It is always possible. You can always do it if only you try. And for him, I will try. He sounds a good man. And I, like the many people aboard in this dinghy, potentially, today, am choosing to believe that you are one too. Thank you. It means a lot. Don't think I'm not going to bully you, though. That's just in my nature. Well, it was worth a shot. If it is possible, I won't bully you for a week. How about that? Not a single mean word, not a single unkind truth. I won't even look at you funny. In fact, I'll avoid you. One month. Two weeks. Three and you have a deal. Two and a half. And you get to write a book about it. Neris will extend a hand. Loren <laughs> <laughs> extends hers. And then they shake on it. All right, I'll see you in an hour. And then she dives off the pier. It's 20 minutes. <sighs> so you are left there, Neris, to ponder the things that are while you wait for your four companions to arrive. And eventually they do. Loren is once again five minutes late. I think Elton would probably also be a little bit late as well. Oh, it might just be the three of us, boys. That's the vessel I think we're taking, then perhaps three itself is far too many for that boat. It's not that small. We can bunch up. It's only along the coast. Just breathe in a bit. Get real cozy with each other. Good way to get to know each other again. Very intimate experience. Just think of it, we are bonding. Morning, not intruding, am I? No, we are all just picking our spots. Good to see you, Artem. Shall be a good voyage ahead then. Top medic on board. Indeed. I'd be good to put my skills to practice again. Is this really the size of boat we're taking? Please be careful holding on to the site. And there's Loren. Excellent. You said I was small. I didn't think Ira couldn't be able to fit. I, it was... Yeah, I'm on a budget. The other boats were all taken. This is what we have. It will be a short trip. That's all right. If we start gaining water, I'll just jump out and carry the rest of it on my backs. What does the boat look like, actually? I'm. It's like a small fishing vessel. So, can I get someone who has proficiency with water vehicles to just roll me a dexterity check. Does someone have proficiency with uh, water vehicles? Why would any of us have that? <laughs> Honestly. I don't. I don't. I don't. I swim everywhere. <laughs> oh no. It's <laughs> your only hope. How did none of us have proficiency <laughs> so how is water vehicles? How Please yeah. tell me Tibble had it. Don't worry, I've got this. I'm a professional. 
Jazz says, as he kind of like squeezes himself in next to Nera specifically. It's just rowing, it's fine. The boat kind of rocks a little bit. It's not great. You know, I'll be kind. I will allow you to roll this with your strength rather than your dexterity because it is a feat of strength. <laughs> no, I'm going to overturn the boat. <laughs> so just a flat strength roll? Yeah. Hey, so that's a natural 17, so uh, 21. 21. Okay, so you, you're able to easily maneuver this vessel. You might not have had much experience in doing so in the past, but like, you're taking to it. I've sailed plenty of vessels like this before in the past. Most of them are half the size. <laughs> this is nothing. Neris, as the person who knows where this is supposed to be, can you please roll me a... Again, I'll be kind and we'll call this a history check to locate the exact spot. 28. 28. From the records that you and Eldrin were able to pull up, you're able to direct Janus in the right directions to find this cave hidden away behind a waterfall, leaving the boat basically fastened to a rock. You're able to each step off the boat and through the waterfall on the cave's entrance. Janus shakes off the waterfall water and stretches up and grins as we tread lightly. There is an entrance to this cave, an opening, that shrinks off to about a 10-foot-wide opening ahead, which seems to lead onto a wider cave system. What would folks like to do? Neris is going to give everyone a little bit of a prep talk. Not a pep talk, because he's not trying to, like, boost anyone's morale. He's notably bad at this. He's just going to say, So, this cave is protected by a very territorial creature. We should assume as soon as we enter these caves, it will be aware of our presence if it is not already. We should make any preparations that we need to. And Neris is going to tap his chest a couple of times and cast mage armor on himself. What form of beast? Water? Land? That I am unsure of. All I know it is powerful and very territorial. Guns loaded. Alton loads his guns, but he also kind of like fiddles around with a couple of things in like pockets and attached to his belt and stuff. Jazz stretches and just sort of quicks his neck a bit and then adjusts his two hand stance on his glaive and hunches down and then nods. All right, say the word then. Fishman will light his candle and he'll say some words, do some tricky things with his hands, and the shadows underneath all of us kind of shroud us. This should keep us hopefully undetected for as long as possible. Wow, cool. Loren is going to cast Dragon's Breath on herself. Uh, set to, I don't know, we're in a water situation, so fire. Fishman will cock up an eyebrow. Guess it is a bit cool. More so practical. Many uses. No, no, of course. Obviously, if things start to go south, make back for here, and then I'll try and fend it off until then. And then he just jolts from her, it's like, uh, depending on what Nero's wishes, of course. That works with me. Alright. Fishman will probably gesture to go first because he has the candle. But also as he takes his first step, you'll notice like these glacial forms forming over his armor as he goes as well. So he's going to be moving sneakily, if he can. Uh, this is exciting stuff. And what do we do, Darby? What do we do? So if you are attempting a stealthy approach, uh, could I get folks to roll a stealth check? And that would be a plus 10 to that for everyone. Oh, then 25. 23. 31. I got a natural 20. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I got Neris a natural 20 vanishes. plus the 10. Where did Nero's go? Oh, no, it's already started. Loren ah. <laughs> wow. got a 30 on a non-natural. And a 25. So you are able to all quietly move through this area. And you notice in the distance a faint glow of purple. For those of you without dark vision, it does get dark as you venture into the cave. Does anyone have torches or any methods of light? Like, any sources of light? Yeah, people can tell um, Janet starts to get a bit stilted because he cannot see in the dark. Fishman almost surprised, as I... Fair enough. And he'll take some torches out of his um, satchel and 
light them against his candle um, and start handing them out. For those who need it, does everyone grab a torch or...? Uh, Neris will mage hand grab one and hold it probably like five feet away from him. Much appreciated. I was not aware. I'm sorry. You're so nice. Yes, he is, isn't he? Thanks, Fishman. Cocks up another eyebrow as he gestures a torch towards them. Thanks. And she takes one. Worries. Later. As, yeah, he continues forwards. And I guess he sees a purple glow, maybe? Very faint from where you are, but it is there. There's a purple light coming up from ahead. Is that where we should go? The crystal that we seek is purple in colour. It may potentially have light source. It is incredibly powerful. There's a possibility. Um, can Fishman look for tracks real quick? Uh, yeah. Eventually trying to track this unknown beast. Yeah. This is his terrain as well, mm. if that means anything. No, but I he's basically looking for... One. Probably a survival. So that is... Oh, very nice. A 23. He's mainly looking for fresh tracks or paths that are commonly taken. You can see some fresh tracks heading off the right path, like incredibly fresh. Of what nature are these tracks? They are almost lizard-like, potentially draconic, and of a size akin to maybe a horse. Shit. I believe this might be a dragon of sorts. A large one, oh. but not large by dragon standards. The tracks go off this way as he gestures towards the right. And those tracks are very fresh. Oh, fuck. That's not encouraging. Sorry, did I just hear what I thought I heard? Is this a dragon? Let us stick to the plane. As you say that, you hear a voice from behind you say, And what's the plan exactly? And you all turn around to see this large amethyst dragon just hovering there. Well, good morning. How are you? I'm quite well. How are you? I don't usually get visitors. We're not normally visiting. A message to Naris. Where the fuck did you get this intel? (laughs) Free message, please. In response, someone I'm going to have a chat with when we get back. The dragon disappears. Oh no. Before appearing back in another space, slightly deeper within the cave, but still reasonably close to you, about 10 feet away. But behind you, had you turned to face it. Um, Fishman, in awe, kind of just drops and goes, Well, fuck it. And what would your name be? I'm Percustian. Percustian, it's nice to meet you. I am who they call the Fishman. And we were not aware that this was a lair. That is one way of calling it. What would you call it? Home. To myself and to my mistress. Oh, you have a partner? No, no, no. I'm a disciple of hers. An apprentice, shall we say. Oh, silly me. Neris, you're real good with words. Want to chime in here? I apologize for entering your home without um, knocking. We were not aware a creature of um, your stature lived here. Very few are. What is your goal in being here, may I ask? To be perfectly honest, we heard that there was a treasure nearby. We wanted to investigate. And now we have found there is incredibly intelligent life here that has very obviously claimed the treasure and the surrounding caves as their own. So I believe we might be reevaluating our decisions. Because, you know, isn't finding intelligent life the real treasure in and of itself? That is a very good point, my friend. Meeting you, Pekarstian, is the real treasure today. You're here for the fast, aren't you? Uh, have others come to claim this before? Yes, they have. And it is not something we are disapproving of. However, there is a procedure, shall we say, to all of this. I can respect that. Tell me, what do you know of Faster? I must confess, there is precious little information I know of it. Uh, I only know that it is 
incredibly powerful, has the ability to, when utilized correctly, move things from one place to another. That is one of many uses, yes. It is greatly powerful, and it is protected by my mistress. Part of my purpose here, as well as learning from her, is to prevent those who are unworthy from taking the folly of claiming it from her. Ah, so I was worthy. Neris has a little bit of a moment where he thinks of both his future and his past in the same time frame before snapping back to the present. What vetting techniques do you utilize here? My mistress has a test. Tell me, what do you know of sphinxes? Ah, what does Neris know of sphinxes? Roll me an arcana check. Oh my god. I think I got a tattoo of one of those on my lower spine. Is that what your mistress is? Yes, my mistress is a sphinx, an ancient and powerful creature. Incredible. I've never met one in real life before, and they heard tales. You must have a powerful woman to study from indeed. Uh, 22 are coming. 22. So you know that sphinxes are commonly associated with riddles, but those who study more deeply know that they are more inclined to provide tests when it comes to greater pieces of knowledge or treasure or resources. They are basically powerful oracular creatures that also have some amount of chronomantic magic about them. In your study of time magic, the Sphinxes are said to have been the first among the chronomancers, and that most known chronomancy comes from studying them. I know a little. Well, it should be noted that the test of the Sphinx is deadly. If it is failed, then one does not come out of it with dead line. I am here as a failsafe to make sure those who are incapable of the test, both in might and mentality, do not take on the folly of attempting the test themselves. How exactly do you measure these capabilities? By testing them directly. Sounds a bit like your mistress is just trying to get you to do her dirty work for her. Don't all teachers ask that of their students in some way or another? And how long have you been doing this? It's a good part of a century now. Do you not believe there should be an end to this apprenticeship? I do. And I know there will be. But when the subject matter is such that I study, I know the end is not yet in sight. And I... I have time. I am still but young. I have many centuries with which to apply my lesson. Might I ask what happened to the others that came for this stone? Did they pass your test? Many did not. And they left with their lives. For I am not bound by the same ancient arcane law of my mistress. Some succeeded and were able to then further succeed on my mistress's test. I've only misjudged once. That was a case where they might far outweighed their mentality. I believe there's only one way to do this. Let's start. (laughs) And you see this strange magic starting to emanate from Perkistian's mouth. If anyone has seen a dragon before, almost like a breath weapon, but not of any sort of element that you would find familiar, this is almost as if of some strange element that is of magic itself. So can I get everyone to roll initiative? What have you gone and done, Solalante? I see this is an absolute win. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Let's get started. Are you serious? Janice just crouches down further. The small wipe off his face. That's a 16 for initiative, Janice. Um, that's an 18. I also got an 18. Fishman needs this stone as well. So, like, that's why he's so keen to do it. Yeah. Loren got a 13. She did not think she was going to meet a sphinx and a dragon today. She's a little put off. Neris got a 15. Let us start at the top of initiative with Fishman. 
Before mm, he did say that. So this breath weapon's starting up. He's not quite sure what element. No. <laughs> this could be stupid. He would like to move behind the creature if he can. Yeah. So that's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. He'd like to load up a harpoon, please, and shoot in the back of the head. Okay. Uh, roll to hit. That is a 23 to hit. I can re-roll this, however. Um, so I'm going to use piercer so I can re-roll it to do it. Yeah. a lot more damage because that sucked. <laughs> so that is seven damage plus uh, a planar warrior. Here we go. So that's an extra 1d8. So that's an additional one. And he'll probably leave it at that. But if he can, can he now hold that rope tight now that it's harpooned? Uh and if anything, take movement backwards. Okay. okay. Essentially pulling on the rope. Essentially what I'm aiming to do, or what Fisherman is aiming to do, is he's facing the party right now with a breath weapon about to go off. If he can redirect that or control the aim of the head, which he's just harpooned into. Yeah. Or if failing that, at least just drag him back 10 feet. Hmm? Okay, so uh, roll me a, it would be a contested strength check. That's a 19. That is a 24. So you're still able to get back, but uh, rope is quite taut. You, th- you think he's going to have a bit of difficulty, like, turning his head, at least. Mm. Uh, okay. So next is Alton. Okay, uh, before I start, um, is the dragon standing on the ground or is it flying? Uh, Whereabouts is The it? dragon is floating just oh, okay. about five feet off the ground. Okay, so um, Alton's going to test, a fucking test, all right, bring it. And he is going to run away from the others and he's going to uh, draw his pistols and just kind of wildly um, start shooting at the dragon. Okay, hit. Excellent. So the first one is a 23 to hit. And For reference, the AC is 18. That's 15 points of damage. Uh, the next one, oh yeah, that's that's big, big number. <laughs> that will hit. And that is uh, 17 points of piercing damage. I don't know if this one will hit. Probably 15, 16. No, that's a 17. Oh. So the final one um, will we'll go wide. But he, there's a lot of emotions going on, kind of hysterical, and just keep shooting wildly at this um, dragon. So Janus watches Fishman race in, having declared that we're going to do this combat, sort of quirks his eyebrow and like turns his head back behind him at, at Nera's, but doesn't wait for his response, and then sort of squares up his shoulder and hunkers down, points with his glaive straight up in front of him like a spear. All right then, a test of strength, then shall this be a glorious battle? And he is going to rush forward with incredible speed. He is also going to rage while that happens. So even before he hits this creature, lightning sort of starts to crackle and lance off around him. And it is to make a dexterity saving throw, beat a 16. I imagine it's fairly dexterous since it's teleporting places. Uh, that is a total of four. Yeah, okay, cool. So D6, so four points of lightning damage, like crackles around it and takes purchase as it may. And then he just lances forward and just straight head on with this blade. So I'm going to attack Reckless with advantage. Uh, hang on. So that's uh, the higher is a 27 to hit. Yeah. As he drives this into this chunk of amber that might crack a little bit, um, he does well, nine points of damage. And then the bulk of his muscles just wrenching back this glaive and stab again straight away. And that is still a 19 to hit. So that will hit. And that is seven points of damage on the second hit. Your move. It is not his move. It is in fact Neris's move. This is incredible. Not only do we get this crystal, theoretically, but we get to interact with a sphinx and a brand new dragon that we've never seen before. This is the greatest day. Oh, crap, we're all dying. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's focus. Neris is going to look around and take in what Pekestian has said. Brawn and brain. Might and mentality. And the left hand of Neris, which was beginning to shake, suddenly goes still as 
Neris raises his right hand, his ungloved hand, and points at this creature and casts slow on it. It is a wisdom saving throw. That is, unfortunately, a natural 20, which is a total of 26. Perfect. We're going to cast Silvery Barbs as a reaction. Make him re-roll that. That is an 11. That is a failure. Okay, so the creature is now slowed. Neris would also like to just move a little bit. Stay out of the way. Next is Loren. Man, you ran away. Loren, like, is watching all this happen, just still kind of absorbing the fact that there is a dragon and a sphinx in this cave. And we were told there was a creature. And she goes to turn back to kind of look at Janice, like, what the fuck is going on? And sees him race in to start stabbing this thing. And then turns again to kind of be like, hey, Neris, what's up? And sees him booking it in the opposite direction. And she goes, okay, okay. We're doing so great right now. We're so calm. We're so cool. We're swimming with little sharks and we're doing great. Guess I'll throw me hat in the ring then. And kind of breathes in and then exhales fire directly into this creature's mouth as uh, she hits him with her dragon's breath that she already set up, which is dexterity 19. Okay. Uh, Does slow effect dex save? Yes, it does. That is a minus two penalty. Uh, so that is a 16, so I don't think that makes it. It does not meet 19, which means he takes eight points of fire damage directly in the snoot. So uh, that was her bonus. So she breathes fire directly into this creature's mouth and then kind of cracks her neck and goes, oh, spicy. And then we'll kind of dodge out of the way of the breath weapon here and scoot to the side and then is going to take another deep breath in focus herself she's gonna think everything she has been learning for the last three months and she's gonna think about some of the stuff she and janice have talked about she's also in a way going to think about fishman earlier drawing shadows up to make all of us more hidden and she's going to in her own head say i can do that too and then she is going to draw the shadows around her up into a tentacle of black inky shadow and i need another dexterity save please that is a nine. Six. So you are going to take 20 points of necrotic and it smacks into the side of the dragon and like leeches color and energy out of him as it whips back around her almost like water or like this big bobbing tendril. And just out loud, she's just going to say like, it was really lovely talking to you. Like, we're only doing this because you want us to. Like, we really, we should get a coffee after this. We should get like a drink. So, Puck is going to start his turn. You don't have to justify yourself. Before letting loose this cone of his singularity breath. It's going to get Janice and it's going to get Alton. So can I get the two of you to please roll me a strength saving throw? Oh, great. 21. <laughs> oh, that, I rolled this 18. 18. Okay. That is also a success. So you do half damage. I also imagine that like, because Loren's just thrown fire and shadow tentacles at this like dragon directly front on, which is where Jazz is attacking, we like just ducked in time. Loren, watch where you're aiming that. And then it's popped up again as the, <laughs> this creature is oh. throwing the weird stuff yeah. you're doing right mm. now at him. Yeah, it's, it's a force, it's gravitational force. You can feel almost mm. pulling into you. But Janice, despite being at like the point blank of this, your own strength is enough to you take a bit of damage from this, but like he digs his heels into the rock and kind of squares up his shoulders and his muscles flex even more as he bears this the brunt of this. Alton, just being at the very edge of this, you are still impacted by it, but not severely. You both take 16 points of force damage. 32 half to 16. And then, you're doing good so far. I love him. Is going to disappear as he blinks out of existence momentarily. That's not a reaction, is it? 
Um, I can do nothing, gang. Fishman is Does next. my harpoon fall to the ground? Or uh, is my harpoon... It does. Well, shit. This uh, is really not how I was expecting the day to go. Where the biggle? Um, okay. Fishman is going to back up into um, an opening passageway in this next yeah. part of the cave. Have a quick peek in there just to see if there was anything out there. And then he would like to hold a casting of a spell. So he's going to hold two fingers up against his tattoo. Okay. And that will trigger as soon as he sees our friend. And when he does appear, he wishes to cast Ray of Sickness, if he can. Next is Alton. Okay. Um, Alton will be also like looking around uh, while they're trying to catch sight of him. He'll uh, look up to see if he's flying above them um he'll kind of duck behind the outcrop to look at a different section of the cave and i guess same he's gonna hold an action to cast the guiding bolt like spell um that he can use with his pistols all right next is janice so janice kind of just steps around a little bit like half steps sort of looking around kind of squinting with like the glimpses of light that because he probably would have had to have discarded his um torch from the second that we went into combat because he's fighting two-handed he just sort of looks around and is like where did he go did anyone get a good look of where he went no one he's likely teleported it's something similar to what i did with the fight with neris ah, uh, ah. the fact that he kind of blinked yes. out of existence when you punched blinked. the other one in the face that's right best be careful then and he's kind of steps a couple of steps ahead but then sort of he doesn't seem to want to stray too far from the rest of people who are all kind of spread out and he instead just hunkers down and turns his back to face the rest of Fishman, Loran, Alton and Neres um, so he can kind of keep an eye on them and just holds his glaive again like a spear almost upwards so he's going to hold an action to attack if the dragon comes near. Next is Neris. So Neris is familiar with teleportation spells. He has encountered a spell called Blink before. He assumes whether this is some form of innate ability or it is something magical like Blink, that it would work very similar. We've seen him teleport over short distances twice now. The negating spell that Neris cast before had limited effect and is now no longer working. Neris is going to close his eyes, take a breath in, and is then going to raise his left hand and hold a blight spell for when it reappears. Next is Loren. She's like, she's feeling so good about the turn she just had. And then the dragon disappears and she goes, huh? And then I'm assuming that counts as being out of my range because he's not in this realm. Uh, yeah, it's out of your range. They're not just invisible, but... So the big tendril of inky shadows just drip, drip, dissipates in a huge splash of black that creeps and tumbles over itself back into the darkness. She goes, aww, just got that one to work. You did a good job. Thank you, so did you. So she kind of stands there for a second and... So when it comes back, we'll all just hit it at once. We got this. We swim in with sharks. Swim with sharks. Because I'm guessing he's not technically within range of anything, right? Anything that has like a, a footage. Not that you can tell. Okay. Cool. So many spells have very specific wording. I don't like that. So she is going to hold a psychic lance. Okay. She is thinking her Kirstian as hard as she can. She's gonna zap him in the brain as soon as he gets back. Okay, and it is Kirstian's turn. I I randomly rolled to determine um, which direction. This is the blink spell, and so he could appear up to ten feet from where he was. I rolled in random direction, and Loren, as you are thinking, Kirstian, Kirstian, preparing this psychic lance, he suddenly appears just over you with like a. Oh, hello! As all these spells go off at once. I think, Loren, I'm gonna- I'm gonna ask you to make me a concentration check on that held spell just because of this, uh, this sudden, like, because he is just 
over you. Okay, um... I will give you advantage, though, because it is I what was going to say, I... I was just gonna check, because I get advantage on concentration checks for spells, but ah. only when I take damage, so I wasn't sure if I'll, this also counted. Yeah, I'll allow it. I'll use this one and this one. Um, That's cock. Okay, 15. 15, okay. That's enough. You are able to let your spell go off, but we will go in order in which they were prepared. So, Fishman, your prepared spell. He has to do a constitution saving throw. It's very low, but it's 13. Uh, con save. Uh, he, that is not great, uh, oh, but he does have a good... Yeah, it is a 17. He takes... Let me double check. 13 poison damage. Right. However, he does not retain the poisoned condition, okay. which is what the save was for. Yeah. Okay. Um, hang on, I do need to roll something else. Um, okay, cool. Fishman gets temporary hit points. So next is Alton with his Guiding Bolt bullets. Yeah, so he'll peer around the rocks that he's hiding behind and... Oh, that's a dat 20! Hey. Nice. Alright, alright. So he'll, um... A big bolt of kind of shining light will emerge from the pistols. Uh, and that is... So max damage is 24 plus uh, 16. 40 radiant damage. Nice. And um, he's covered in this uh, shining sparkling light. And so the next person to attack will get advantage on their attack roll. Um, so speaking of which, next person. Um, I think... Your glaive technically can be thrown if you want to, Janice. So, and you did. Hold. Yeah. If you wish to, I will allow you to. Like if, if I'm allowed to, yeah. Because yeah, I was like, ah, oh, he's he's a little bit too far away. Yeah. Um. So hang on. Gotta check to see what the thrown is. Is it the same kind of damage? Uh, it would be the same kind of damage still. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna try and throw it. I guess. Yeah. Um, At advantage. Oh yes, that's right. Um. Well, that's an 18 to hit, so it yeah. makes it, so it does hit. Um, so, uh, so it's 13 points of slashing damage and three points of thunder damage. Uh, Neris, your spell. Neris, uh, hears this creature blink back in and the, oh, hello, and Neris will open his eyes and with precision just throw his left hand out as this green energy that's sort of welling up around his shoulder shoots down his hand and arcs out of this creature. And that is a 27 yeah. necrotic damage. Oh, he does need to make a con saving throw. Uh, that's a nat 20, but still does damage. So that'll be 13, 13. I guess, rounding down. And finally, Loren. Hi there. Please don't fall on me as this silver energy kind of lightnings around her staff, up her arm, through her forehead, and straight up through the bottom of his chin. And that is intelligence save, please. I keep forgetting saves. That is only a 12. Yay! So he takes the full 23 points of psychic damage. Uh, except for he is resistant to psychic damage, so he takes no. a lot. Okay, so she does that. She's gonna just scoot back a tiny bit. Just a little. Ah, good fun. Uh, I think I might need to judge, but you might be able to do this after all. Let's see how hardy you are, little one. And he bites at you. At little old me. 20 points of piercing damage. Uh-huh. And three points of force damage. And then two claw attacks. The other is a 12. Oh, thank Zamitzan. Okay, so the one that hits though is six points of slashing damage. Not as flimsy as you seem, he says as he flies above you and starts heading towards Neris. Thanks. And he disappears again. All right, is everyone okay? Not crash hot, babes, but it's fine. Back at the top of initiative with the fish man. This is a very interesting fight, Darby. First off, Loren needs healing, so he might go up to Loren 
and offer a potion of greater healing. You're doing really good. So are you. And then, you know what? Fishman's going to take a moment of pause and look at Neris. You should be able to see Neris now. And he's going to kind of cock his head backwards towards the purple light and wait for a response. Neris is going to just sort of pat his hand down as almost like a not yet. All right. Um, in that case, then Fishman will load an arrow into his crossbow and kind of aim towards Neris, waiting for our friend to reappear. All right. The next is Alton. Uh, yes, there's another look around the corner hearing there's been an attack. He'll head over to uh, Loren. Once again, here I am, treating bite wounds. Hold still, let me get this bandage shot. What can I say? Ow! I'm very biteable. Seems that way. I try to avoid that in the future. So that is 8 plus 9, uh, 17 points of healing. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's try to avoid this thing. And he's probably also going to get his pistols back out and be on guard, but not preparing any actions. Okay, next is Janice. Janice is trying to take stock of the situation very quickly. He's not a smart man, but he's an extremely experienced man in combat. And the sort of difficulty here is that he's trying to adjust to a group that he's no longer familiar with to a degree. So what he's going to do is he sees that Fishman and Alt have assisted with the Ren. He is going to momentarily sort of like run alongside them. Yes, try to be so biteable, Loren. And he winks at her. Then he follows the, the trajectory of where Fishman is pointing his harpoon gun, turns the gleam of his eyes towards Nero's, and then he is going to continue to, in front of where Nero's is, he sort of like skids to a halt there. He's very fast in this dark cave, and he sort of skids to a halt with his back turned to Nero's. Quick question, do I still have the glaive with me? Um, would I have been able to grab it on the way? Would, Is it stuck in the dragon? I would <laughs> say you would have been able to grab the glaive on the way. Okay, so he has it. He's got his head to one side quickly to look at Nero's and is like, well, I'm gonna guard them. He has also like the sort of like rage that is like whipped up around him has dimmed because he hasn't attacked anything in a little bit. He does angle this glaive upwards, but he's instead going to prepare a spell in case this dragon appears in his vicinity. I'll message you Darby what I'm going to do for that okay. one. Okay. Next is Neris. So Neris kind of recoils a little bit from the casting of the blight and kind of holds his hand in a fist like it it's burning or something or other before throwing it down at his side. And he places two hands up on his forehead and just kind of face pointing down but eyes kind of darting around is just waiting for this creature to reappear and is just preparing mind sliver he's preparing just to send a bolt of psychic energy into this creature's mind as it reappears loren god okay so i got another seven points of healing from the potion thanks fish man um so (laughs) oh god so um She's really reeling from taking like 40 points of damage in one turn and then being brought right back up, almost to full health. She's kind of ticking her head a little bit. And I guess she's going to do what everyone else is doing and kind of dart about 15 feet closer to Neris. And then she is going to hold her action. So when the dragon appears, she is going to cast Storm Sphere. So, it is Pekestian's go again. He reappears right above and behind Nerys. <laughs> and as all the prepared actions go off, he starts to gather this energy around his mouth again. He says, You've made this a little too easy this time. Prepared actions. I'm just working out now. So it was a cross bolt. Yeah. Um, so that's a 25 to hit, which definitely hits. And then that is a 12 piercing damage with an additional one force damage. Alton, you were just on guard. Janice, you have something very specific. Probably by the time like that cross bolt flies past and into the dragon, Janice stretches out his hand immediately towards Nero. Like palm outstretched. 
Neris is going to grab it if he can. He grabs his hand and he casts uh, Thunderstep. So it's a constitution saving throw for our purple friend, please. As a enormous peal of thunder just rockets through this cave. Uh, that is a 15. He fails! Okay. So <laughs> that's 3d10 thunder damage, which is... Hang on. Oh, that's not, that's not great. Oh my god. God, don't support D&D Beyond, everyone. I rolled a six. That's 3d10. Six. It was a one, oh. a two, and a three. Oh. That's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so six points of thunder damage rocket through this cave. It's some for some reason a little bit more underwhelming than you'd expect it yeah. to be for that kind of display of panache. And both Janus and Nerys teleport next to the rest of the party as the, the whole cave just shakes a little bit with the very uh, minor tremor that happens. Uh, Neris, your held spell. Is that affected by the fact that I just teleported? Um, let's let's give Is you there a concentration. I'll give you a concentration check at advantage. You you jostled a bit, but you've got a decent chance of keeping this. Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, you're fine. Cool. Um, yeah, then it is an intelligence saving throw. Intelligence saving. Yeah, that's a that's a failure. That's a four. Okay. My 2d6 did as much damage as the Thunderstep, so that is six points of damage. Okay, finally, Loren, your health spell. Cool, so Storm Sphere is a 20-foot radius sphere of whirling air that springs into existence centered on a point I choose um, within 150 feet of me, and I choose to send her it on our dear purple friend. So she kind of pulls her staff out from where it has been on her back. She kind of plants it in the ground and her eyes kind of glow a little bit as the sphere of her staff glows as this air just shoots up and up and up and up and just whirls around this dragon. It is difficult terrain now and I need him to make a strength saving throw. Yeah, he's got a decent chance. Uh, but I rolled a four on the dice, so it's a nine. Cool, so that doesn't beat a 19. So he takes uh, 10 points of bludgeoning. So while he was in the ethereal plane, as was foreshadowed by his reappearance, he actually rolled a six on his recharge dice for his breath weapon. So he is going to emit at all of you because you are nice and lined up at exactly the right distance from his mouth to be at the edge of the cone, his breath weapon. We're really intelligent. We're really smart. We're all in our 30s. I think I'll forgive that little error in judgment. As I need you all to roll a strength saving throw, please. Alton got a 16. A fishman got a 24. 22 from Janice. Uh, plus nothing to strength, that's an 18. Uh, and Nara? Plus nothing to strength, that's a 19. Okay. You all feel this pulse blast at you of gravitational energy. Alton, you're a bit worn down from the last time it hit you and aren't quite able to uh, resist it in the way that your allies are in this moment. And you take the full 29 points of force damage and you feel yourself held to the ground by this force as your speed becomes zero. Everyone else takes half damage, which is 14 points of force damage. And Kessian lands. How is everyone looking health-wise? Is anyone looking shaky? Um, something does happen after the attack as well. Fishman will point a finger to him and underneath the dragon a pit of fire will start kind of reaching up from the ground and lash into the dragon causing 19 fire damage as well okay. um that is hellish rebuke because okay. i can trigger that That's once a... i take damage the deck save is it is a deck save yep so he has to do a dexterity 17 that takes half damage 19. if he succeeds 19 yeah. half takes nine okay. damage he that slightly alters what he's going to do in that he is going to fly forward a bit before landing on the ground. You have fared well, other than this last bit of foolishness. And he looks at you all standing in a row as if soldiers standing at attention. I think you showed great teamwork, great initiative, great strategy. 
just if you're ever fighting a dragon to the death don't line yourselves up like this it's a great folly perhaps we knew the fight was drawing to an end and we wanted to show off our resilience there is a certain level of panache in lining up i agree there's a great deal of panache here but remember sometimes there is a fine line between panache and sheer stupidity and that's where we're gonna leave it for this week i'm feeling really personally attacked right now jokes on you that's how i do most of my combat (laughs) thanks for listening everyone oh thanks thanks for listening My plan was to give a potion to Loren and then like back up towards the purple light. Cause that way I was like, oh yeah, if he has a breath weapon, I don't want to be standing next to the injured person. Mm. Um, but then I was like, no, he won't get his breath weapon back. <laughs> <laughs>